Greetings and welcome to the year 2021 and episode 3.1 of my podcast What Now with Simo. That's me, Simo Sakari Aaltonen. This is the first episode of season 3. But this season I'm going to start doing something new. I'll be taking you along on my journey through various realms of art, including music, film, TV, books, comics, and more. A few practical notes about this. My primary reference for music is the English music magazine called The Gramophone, which used to cover all types of music at that time. In terms of when something came out, this has some effect because it depends on when something came to the UK over the Atlantic and was featured in the gramophone. As time passes, I'll take on other references as needed. But at this point in time, things are only starting to blossom in the realms of arts in various ways that had never happened before. Another note about dates. When I refer to comic book issues, I'm going by the cover dates. The cover dates for American comic books weren't the month of publication. They indicated when those issues would be taken off the shelves, and they were published typically two months or so before the cover date. But it makes sense for me to go by the cover dates, because this way, at least everything I mention had definitely been published by that time and was out in the world. In any event, not everyone would have gotten to read those issues immediately. From any angle, it makes sense to go by the cover dates. I wanted to still mention it as a footnote that an American comic book cover dated January 1952 would most likely have been published in November or October or December, one to three months before that date. I'll also be building up a Spotify playlist of very selected items in the realm of music. I'll add only very few items to that list for each month. Actually, there will be several playlists over time, but one I've already started and that you can find on Spotify called What Now with Simo 1952-1955 to covers those years. When I reach the end of 1955, it will probably be quite a long playlist already. The playlist is already public and there will be only one song in it after this episode. Tony Bennett's Blue Velvet. Now let's jump back to January 1952. Tony Bennett's Blue Velvet was the original recording of that song and it had come out in late 1951. The version by Bobby Vinton that David Lynch would use for his film many years later would come along in the 1960s. When I came across this first mention of Blue Velvet and this version by Tony Bennett, I felt that I had finally arrived at a threshold moment of the 1950s when things were really starting to blow up in every realm. I felt like I had arrived at what for me is the modern era from my personal perspective because now this song existed and sometime before the song Riders in the Sky had come into being, one of my favorite songs since childhood, and recordings of Caccini's Amarelli already existed. For reference about where we were in January 1952, I wanted to mention the ages of various people. On the 20th of January, David Lynch would turn six years of age. On the last day of January, Philip Glass would turn 15. Of people who would have birthdays later in the year, 
I'm going to give their ages at this point, going from oldest to youngest. Finnish composer Jean Sibelius was 86. Composer, writer and philosopher John Cage was 39. Ray Bradbury was 31. The creator of Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry, was 30. Charles M. Schultz was 29 and had been doing his comic strip Peanuts for a year and two months. It had started on the 2nd of October 1950. The creator of The Twilight Zone, Rod Serling, was 27. And The Twilight Zone was still several years in the future. It would start in 1959. Harlan Ellison was 17. Bob Dylan was 11 and still known by his birth name Robert Allen Zimmerman. Greek composer and musician Vangelis was 8. Actor, director and activist Edward James Olmos was 4. Larry David was 4. Births still in the future were those of Jerry Seinfeld who would be born in 1954 and Noah MacDonald who would be born in 1959. And as a further reference, H.P. Lovecraft had died almost 15 years ago in March of 1937, before the Second World War. In the realm of TV, things were still very quiet from the point of view of my personal interests. But one date I could mention as a reference is the 3rd of January, when the TV series Dragnet premiered on NBC. I've never watched that, but especially American listeners, are likely to recognize the name of that series. I can cover the music side of this month quite quickly by simply having mentioned that Blue Velvet recording by Tony Bennett, and then mentioning that there was also a recording of Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata by Rudolf Serkin that had a nice distant quality, so it felt like you were across the room. It wasn't right on top of the piano. It gave it a ghostly feel. And Dave Brubeck had come along just recently, and there were some releases from him, and songs sung by Frank Sinatra were coming out every month. Unfortunately, so far, not many of them had been that good as songs, so he wasn't having great material yet. In the realm of comics, Marvel can be quickly skipped over by only mentioning that I like what they were doing with the cover layouts of their horror and science fiction titles, which usually featured this design. The title at the top, a large central image as the largest element on the cover, and then either on the left side or along the bottom, three smaller panels. And each of these four pictures on the cover were from different stories inside that issue. These were all anthology titles, so they featured many short stories in comics form. Unfortunately, the covers were often the most interesting part of those Marvel horror and science fiction comics. They would get better over years, but at this point, there's not much to be said about them. DC also wasn't doing anything interesting in January of 1952, but there were two text pieces of some interest one in Sensation Comics number 107 about the magician Harry Houdini and his debunking of spiritualist beliefs. And in Jimmy Wakeley number 15, there was a short story that incorporated some actual Aztec history, so there was something to be learned from that story. Jimmy Wakeley was a cowboy star of that time, 
and he had this comic book named after him, published by DC Comics at that time. I already mentioned in the last episode of Season 2 that EC Comics was the only one of the companies existing then putting out a really solid lineup of comics where each issue aimed for a very high quality, unlike Marvel and DC, who were selling by quantity instead of quality. EC was also ahead of the other two companies at this time in other ways. In Frontline Combat number 4, there's a story featuring an American ambulance unit consisting of American Indian men. EC was more progressive than either DC or Marvel at this time. Marvel would only start catching up in the 60s in this area. The EC artist Wallace Wood was getting just better and better with more detail and finer artistry in every way. He was featured especially in the science fiction titles called Weird Fantasy and Weird Science, as was his protege called Joe Orlando. Both of them helped define the 1950s style of science fiction. And something I also appreciate in their art is how much they were keeping up with the times compared to, for example, Jack Kamen or Jack Davis out of the other EC artists. Wallace Wood and Joe Orlando were paying a lot of attention and putting a lot of creativity into the clothes of the people in their stories. They were incorporating more interesting designs into the clothes of the characters. That adds a real additional interest to those stories. Some other artists were having the characters in simply something looking like they were from the army from the 1940s or office workers from the 1940s. Men in suits, women in dresses that didn't look like they had seen the 50s yet. Well, this was January 1952 with Simo The second book of transcripts for this podcast is coming out next week. It's done, but I want to do some final checks before hitting publish on that. That playlist I mentioned is already on Spotify and you can follow that for convenience. I also want to mention I always welcome comments and questions and reactions. If there's anything you'd like to hear my take on in future episodes, whether related to my journey through time or something entirely different, or if you want to comment on anything from previous episodes, or whatever it might be, I always welcome messages in any form. You can find me on several social media, and my website is getting more comprehensive over time. Thanks for listening, and I'm wishing you a very good 2021, and of course, good night. Take care.